with Purple Mountain Pods. And today we're actually having a special feature um, and we have Skylar Knox here with us. She's an undergrad in sociology and she's recently discovered some things um, that have really made her think. And we decided to have a conversation about it today. And that conversation is gonna be about racism after death. That's something we don't really think about and something we don't really consider taking with us after we leave this world. But actually, there's quite a bit of evidence to state that this may be the case. So today we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about what the real world repercussions of that might be and a very, um, and a very real world example of that. So Skylar, why don't you tell me your story? Hey. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Um, well, uh, first, my little uh, disclaimer is that I am a, a white woman. And uh, am I. <laughs> yes, right. And but I really I have different sorts of resources and privilege that I'm taking and I'm going to do the best things that I can with it. I think that that's our responsibility. And right? that really never really hit me before until you're facing with like a huge reality. Sure. Um, so I guess we'll just start from the beginning. Yeah. I have a friend who really enjoys paying uh, tribute and laying flowers um, in local cemeteries. And she's interested in ones that are usually like small family areas or smaller plots. But she came across this um, cemetery uh, and it, it just, it blew her mind. And she called me and she's having a whole moment because she is just blown away by what she just saw. <clears throat> And, and where is this cemetery? This is actually, uh, it's, the cemetery is called Eastport African American Cemetery. Um, but it's also known as the Good Citizens Cemetery, mm -hmm. which makes this story <laughs> all that much more um, important to tell. So uh, my, my girlfriend, she comes um, and she's telling me about everything she's seeing and um I really wanted to see it and I had some flowers at the house and I told her like well let's go over there and put them on there and when you picture like a forgotten or an abandoned graveyard you kind of get that image of you know trees and a little bit of overgrown grass and what you would imagine or see in a in a, a movie right just a little spook factor. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> this was the most shocking thing I've seen. Right. And it's in our own backyard. <laughs> yeah. So. And this is in Knoxville. Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. And I am. I was just blown away. So so we go there, and it's not just overgrown. I would advise for nobody to try to go in further than what you can see. Right. Um, of course I pushed it. <laughs> yeah. But I had someone with me. I had like, you know, I wasn't alone. I wasn't, I was very aware as daylight, like, uh, and I had to know. Yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> so as a what disclaimer. Did you, what did you find? Well, so when we first go in on the fence line, you see a couple of headstones mm -hmm. and there's a little plot up on, on the top, like on the corner, um, that is the only piece of land that's actually been maintained from uh, like the, a small family. And I'll tell you more about that. But we go in and you're moving branches and you start seeing like 
poking up of headstones yeah. and knocked over things. But not just that, but you, you can't see the majority of them. There is thousands of people buried here, and I could find maybe 30 tombs, like uh, tombstones. Oh, wow. Yes. That's crazy. And it is just like overgrown with kutsu mm. and sinkholes. And I'm sinkholes, yes. Grave slip, coffin collapse. I don't know if, imagine like just this, just massive mound shaped like a coffin. Oh, spooky. Yes. And these sinkholes have been just so sudden and like just dropped that the roots of the trees are coming out the side. And it's been neglected for so long that trees are literally wrapping around headstones. Wow. And so safe to say pretty dangerous. Oh, incredibly dangerous. Oh, wow. Like and anybody who's from Tennessee knows we have snakes and we have ticks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Lots of them. Yes. Um, snakes and ticks, but it, it's just it, you you can't see. You can't see where you're walking. Like the kutsu's everywhere, there's ivy. Um and you know that and that to me was just it was shocking yeah but not just that was the location and the condition it's in the road and a plot is owned by the county so people usually use this area as their local dump um lots of trash lots of broken furniture things that would be too busy to like haul off so they just toss it there in a graveyard they don't even know it's a graveyard Oh, is there no sign or anything? There is a very, very small sign against the first chain lock, uh, the the fence. Yeah. But the only graves that are visible is just there on that corner. I see. You can't. You you would not know that there's graves in there. Wow. And that was just so. Like for me, I didn't know how many people were buried there. Right. Until after I left, and I'm like, oh my god, like what do I do? Right. You know, Nailing like what, what, yeah. it's just your mind goes every which way. And this, like, how the condition, yeah, the condition, and then it, it just opens up into this huge issue that Knoxville has no idea exists, even though they own it. Yes, crazy, but then that, or they don't know who owns part of it. I see. So does that mean that they don't take responsibility for the part they do own? Exactly, because Tennessee has no laws regarding upkeeping of burial grounds. Really? Yes, which is a big issue, too. Yeah. Because uh, considering that this is one of the oldest black cemeteries in Knoxville, it also was the property where the first black church was built that was believed to be a stop on the Underground Railroad. Wow. And nobody knows it. So this it. should be like a historical, oh, absolutely, like a protected, preserved site, right? And with a name like Good Citizens Cemetery, the people that are buried there were good people, right? And they should be remembered. But I, also, isn't there like a certain amount of responsibility that should be taken by the owner of the cemetery, which at least part of it is owned by Knox County? 
And then you bring in the part of it that it's a dangerous space that's right. technically public land, right? It's it wouldn't no the land isn't it wouldn't be considered public. I think that they have to obtain like have to be in charge of that to remove garbage and things like that. I see. I feel. Um, but what I there is other pieces that have been owned by private land, but they don't. These people are probably not even alive, right? Because this cemetery hasn't even been. No one has been buried there since the 50s. Right. And it was started in what, 1836, I think? Yes. Yes. And it seems like the historical society should come in and, like, in some way take responsibility for this space. I wonder if that would be a possibility. Well, they have actually, there is a group, and there's, you know, more than one abandoned graveyards or that aren't kept up and unfortunately they're all black of course they are yes so brings in this this idea of racism after death exactly even in our death we we have more privilege as white people absolutely than we would if we were black yes and one of the things is like when you're when when the state says nope our hands are clean not our responsibility there's There's no no laws laws. (laughs) (laughs) no no there's no laws then you're relying on volunteers. Right. But volunteers, you're going to have to be able to choose what's going to be accomplished. Right. And, and with something like exposure. Eastport, well, Eastport, you could not do that work with volunteers. No, it, because it it's is too going dangerous. To, it's too it's far gonna, gone. It's, it's going to require a massive amount of money. Right. And there's no way around that. You can't right. just go in and pull weeds like you can't get in because yeah. you're going to fall in a hole. Right. <laughs> with a grave. Yes. Like with a freaking body. <laughs> right. And, and, and what's so awful is that there are so many unmarked graves. Right. And there's so, you know, there's babies and families that are in one plot, like this one spot. Yeah. And some of the people I found was the couple who began the very first black school for deaf children. Wow. And one of the very first black police officers in Knoxville. Oh my goodness. Um, There is a lady who was traded up um, from Alabama and she wasn't till much later in life uh, when she was freed. Oh, she was a slave. Yes. She was a slave. So, and, um, there's a lot of people that are there that we don't even know their history. Right. Because either the, the they're unmarked graves or the tombstones have been lost or destroyed or sunken into the ground. Right. And, and when you think about another part of racism is record keeping. Oh, yeah. It's the institutional systemic racism that yes. really comes into play there because we don't have the same kinds of records, which is why... As you've done your research, you mm-hmm. found that this has been so hard to find any information on because there's almost no record of this cemetery and of the people buried there, except for a few news articles and things. Well, in Knox County, most of the people who worked works for the city had no idea existed wow. until they came across a deed. Right. And even then that was the first time. But I think really think that the majority of the issue here is that it's such a big project people it it's a huge project I don't think the government wants to get involved I also think that the government doesn't want to admit 
the fault in in what has happened to right. these historical places how far they've let it go yes and so one of the things about the cemetery and the lack of accountability uh, includes a bill that was not supported by Tennessee's Marsha Blackburn. If I could just say cuss words on this. uh, Right. So (laughs) I, I, right. Well, let's just keep it. We'll keep it professional. But if there's anybody who wants me to, who pushes me to not be professional, it's Marsha Blackburn. Mm -hmm. So tell me about this. So, so what exactly is this law that's being proposed? Well, I got to actually speak with the, um, past they're a former president of the society for historical archaeology and uh there during their tenure they established the african-american burial grounds network bill what this does it helps get that per, uh, guidance and support to the black cemeteries that's going to assist in identification and restoration He says, without its passage, there is no mechanism to provide such assistance. Right. So this is like the perfect solution. Yes. So call Marsha Blackburn and request that the bill, the uh, African-American Burial Grounds Network bill, is accepted and signed for because it is our duty to recognize and support black people, past present and future yeah black lives matter black lives have always mattered yeah and they should matter more right now than they have it is 2020 y'all. yeah like we should really <laughs> i mean we should have stepped up a long time ago and that's how these things these like these sorts of situations like this this cemetery being allowed to be in such disarray just shows you that systemic racism that permeates our culture and our society and are in places that we hope that it doesn't exist like like our government they own it and they've also done other things right like you i you're pretty sure that they've built roads over this oh, over bodies right if you right? were to look at the land the land uh previously and the outline from where the cemetery was in that stretch because that area bumps up to another graveyard is it another african american graveyard yes um and it's pretty inaccessible (laughs) is it also overgrown oh yes all of them are but yeah yeah, like every all of them that I've found is is not being maintained the way it should be now there is a group that's worked with some of the cemeteries and they've done a great job and they're they have done what they can but it is constant need it's constant work right and it needs to be underneath like the maintenance like crew for the city or something that is taking care of and there's no law right so there's no reason for them to spend the money exactly no absolutely not now they'll pay for them to come and get these massive dump trucks and take haul off probably uh, i mean an acre worth of garbage (laughs) no problem yeah but they're not going to even look over there because there might be a graveyard. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but one of the biggest things I found, and if anyone has any more information as far as law and cemetery, like I would love if you reached out. <clears throat> but there is actually a clause in there that says the government does not have responsibility unless it has to do with safety. 
which this seems like a safety issue. Huge. Yeah. It is the the state that it was, it, it's just, it, it just keeps getting worse. Right. That's the problem is that unless you do something to deter it now, it's just going to get worse. It, and you're going to have exposed bodies. Like that's, oh yes. And it's scary. Like, yeah. and, and when you're walking on certain, certain parts, it's, you're very s- concerned because right. of how jagged the slippage and from the sinkholes are. And I have to ask, this might put you in a precarious situation, but was it easily accessible, like, was the, there, like, a gate that you went through? Was there any signage that said you shouldn't go in? No. Like, no. There's a little chain link fence that is, I mean, also, like, buried right on top of right. foot markers. Like, so right. between the foot marker and the headstone, there's a fence on it. Oh, my God. Over bodies? Yeah. Lord. Yeah. Just no respect. No. Like, that's crazy to no. me. And then across the street... You can't get in there at all, but there is also graves and just massive. So it seems like the road was built over bodies because there's graves on both sides Mm -hmm. of the road. Yes. Uh, Which is just the height of disrespect. And it makes you wonder, like, do they do that to white cemeteries? Oh, no. (laughs) Right? We don't have a Daughters of Confederacy for black people. Right. Exactly. (laughs) That's not a thing. Oh, Lord have mercy. Which comes around to how important people need to see this right it has to have people getting involved it is such a massive job like the city has even once said what do we do with it wow even if we could what would we do right because there are several unmarked graves which also can be led back to racism because this is in a red line district. Therefore, the people that have been living there are automatically in a in a worse situation to try to get out. Right. Can you explain red line districts? Red line is uh, basically the government comes in, draws a red line around a community, tries to say it's some sort of opportunity zone or something else but is basically saying black neighborhood take everything away make it poor right so if you don't invest if you oh yes and if you were to have family buried there you how would you be able to uh, like maintain it right because you can't as one person maintain an entire cemetery you can't as even a small group of people you can't. especially at this level of decay it's there would be no way uh, right. a group of volunteers would be able to come in and do anything and like what's and it's one of those things there's houses backed up onto it that probably i would believe some of those houses own part of that cemetery Huh. Which I don't feel like that would be necessarily the property owner's responsibility to tend to that cemetery that was there before that house was built. Right. I think it, the government needs to have some sort of responsibility. Right. Which just for to get to this like, situation. Right. And it seems like with this bill there's like a certain amount of oversight that would be happening and then they would be able to find the funds or find the person who would be willing to over 
like be over this cemetery and say, okay, yeah, we're going to make sure that these things are taken care of as well as the other black cemeteries in Knoxville. Um, so please call yes. your senator. Right. Well, and then also um, Joe Joseph, he had said abandoned cemeteries need physical labor support for cleanup and maintenance as well as professional support for recording and repairs. Oh, wow. So unless we have the right people involved, we are not going to get anywhere. Right. Something else which is is great and I'm in the current process of is Joe had put me in contact with a guy named Robbie um, Robbie Jones and Robbie Jones had sent forwarded you know just some really great uh, information as far as what we need to do first and Really, what we recognize is that the Eastport, you know, uh, African American Cemetery, Good Citizen Cemetery, it's not rec- uh, it is not recorded on a Tennessee sort of registration, but as a cemetery, really? but it but it's known by some of the preservation community. Oh, I see. So it like it's like found its way into some of these groups that are historically preserving things, but yes. it doesn't actually have an official record, which again brings in the racism thing Mm -hmm. because it's like why would they be overlooked compared to other cemeteries that have been and it would be interesting to see what the numbers are on like white cemeteries versus black cemeteries being seen and recorded professionally well and what's also unfortunate is that we have maps dating back from you know 19 early 19 1930s yeah and nothing's changed. Yeah. Other than houses are being built. Right. And just keeps getting pushed further back then till nobody knows. And that's where we are. Right. And we looked at some of the deeds and things mm-hmm. that um, I think the Society of uh, Historical Archaeology sent you. And there was a map and they said, I don't see any way that there could be five to six thousand graves in this this graveyard, you know, and. And it seems like, okay, if that's the case, then maybe some of these houses have been built on top of graves. Definitely. You know, which is so disrespectful and also spooky. Who wants to live on top of people's bodies? But also, it's just like at that rate, it's like, does that happen in white areas? Well, you you see, so 1946, 1955, 1969, it shows parcels of land belonging to private, uh, private lots mm-hmm. private ownership right those people are probably not with us anymore i mean it's a good chance if you're like a 1925 girl like you're yeah. <laughs> right you're i probably mean gone ni- by now. 1946 as an as an adult like that's a, that's a that's a minute ago yeah like it's yeah. not possible but i doubt that they live there right right i don't know i haven't met them because i'm it's how do you know hi excuse me do you know how a cemetery in your backyard right exactly <laughs> like I would don't you know like to fix it <laughs> hi okay <laughs> <laughs> probably not a great idea i don't like when people knock on my door right yeah it's the millennials and us we're like who's knocking at the door <laughs> yeah don't answer it so when you look at the maps you can see that the cemetery expands uh across the entire curve of the road and there was properties later developed and a lot of them are either vacant overgrown the um, or empty completely and those are the ones that knox county owns that are you know your little local dump there 
Yeah. Right. I mean, it's the graveyard. It's where we dump our garbage. Yeah. It's the, Uh, it's like, also why just take it to the dump? Like why dump your garbage in the middle of nowhere in a graveyard? (laughs) Well, it's like, well, they don't know it's a graveyard. Yeah. They don't know. Well, you can't even see inside. And that was like what I was kind of getting to earlier is like, if the government has a responsibility, if there is a safety issue, but they've put no signage up that says this is a dangerous area, do not enter or whatever, then they're responsible for that. And that's not a solution. Like, don't, that's not what I want. I don't want to put signs up saying don't enter and then just close it off and let it keep over being overgrown. But it seems like there's responsibility there that they should be doing something because right. it is a safety issue. And what I, I'm very, I'm, I'm very glad that there are resources out there that is going to, uh, with this uh, society of historical archaeology, there is an entire resource guide of how to abandon, I mean, I'm sorry, how to don't abandon, abandon anything, right. <laughs> how to tend to abandon burial grounds. And why this bill is so important that I was discussing earlier mm-hmm. um, that we really need to get Marsha on board is because it allows people to come in and deem it as a historical place. Right. But that gives us the ability to survey the land and use certain equipment to actually gauge where people are buried and right. how to restore these headstones or how do we, or even identification, finding records right. that we, that I don't have access to. Yeah. It doesn't seem like anybody and has access it's a, to. And it's a big job, but identifi- identifying, it's, it's hard, especially if you aren't, If you have no idea how to, you right. know, it's not just like your common problem. Like, hi, right, excuse, right. Um, I have this abandoned graveyard in my yard. I was wondering if you could come take a look at it. Right. <laughs> That's not no, just it's definitely a very a specific call. skill set, yes. you know, is to know how to do that and how to dig through those records and how to find those things. But also with that comes, well, how do you identify graves when they're either unmarked or the tombstones have disappeared? Like there's just a certain amount of work that professionals would have to do people who actually know what they're doing when it comes to historical cemeteries and preserving them and restoring them well and the the government they have even said kind of out there it would be great if someone came forward and took responsibility and bought the two parcels from the county Uh uh-huh so we don't have to deal with it. Yes. That was an article. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. And where is um, that article from? Uh, WBIR, okay. uh, which is a local news station here in Knoxville. Right. But, again, the county's only concern and duty is to ensure there's no threat to the safety of public. So, I mean, that could be argued by someone who doesn't care as in, well, it, it, no one goes in there. I'm like, well, yeah, because you can't, because you can't, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And you're denying people, you're denying people peace. Yeah. Or even just dignity. Dignity. I mean, that's a big one. It's just, and, and you, and you think about the families that are built there or built there, uh, the families that are buried there, yeah. the families that have mourned. And, and could you imagine maybe, you know, your grandmother was one of the last buried there in the fifties yeah, and you were a, a little kid and you go now 
and you can't even. Well, that's what I was thinking. You the can't 50s even walk were in. Not that long no. ago. So that means that they they stopped burying people there and essentially just left it to the dogs yeah. and said like whatever nature will and, do its thing. Like, right. And 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 people, if they're not familiar with kutsu, they they just don't understand how uncontrollable it is yeah, and how fast it grows and it eats everything. Right. And so because of a that happening, I think the government has just allowed a wall to grow around it in order to hide it. Yeah. In order to hide it, in order to not have to look at the skeletons in the closet. Yeah. The literal skeletons in the yes. closet. Just, just right. cover it up. Yep. And because in the 50s, a black cemetery would not have been important. And like now... I mean, we would like to think that there would be more exposure or like if they had a cemetery that people stopped burying people in in 2020, Mm -hmm. that maybe in 70 years it would still be in at least passable condition because we live in a slightly different time Mm -hmm. than the 50s were for for civil rights and things like that. But I think that there's like a lot of shame involved there, right? Like I think exactly what you're saying, that they allowed a literal wall to be to grow up around this cemetery because they realized that like, okay, because they bought this land in 2007, right? Knox yeah. County well, did. And well, the thing is, it's like the majority of everybody they don't know existed in that. Right. Includes they the people that, like, that own it. Right. You know, like uh, including the county, like the people who work there. And, and you think about the workers that work there and. And there's something about saying, I'm sorry, or we messed up, and right. the accountability, people, and, and so it's really easier, far. well, it's easier to say, well, I can't apologize for something I didn't know about. Right. It's a lot easier to say you don't know anything yeah. about it than and then it like, Yeah, and it. whatever. Yeah, because yeah. then there's no hold to anything. Right. And I I really think that it th- this cemetery, along others, because... Black cemeteries and abandonment is a huge, huge, huge thing. And there was lobbyists out there trying to get bills passed in the House, like in the Senate, like to get, I forget the exact amount, but it was over a billion dollars to help restore African-American cemeteries. Well, and it shows you just the fact that this bill has even been put into, you know, the, out into the world that, it obviously is a problem. Yes. And it's just one more way that we've managed to be racist. And keep racism alive. Yes. Even for the dead. Even for the dead. I mean, it's really kind of, it's really wild how it just exposes so much of those like institutional problems yes. that have been, even though we may have progressed in social ways and in personal ways, it, it, it hasn't progressed institutionally that those institutions are like a ship that you have to try to, steer out of the way very quickly and it doesn't happen they don't move on a dime they move very slowly and we can see that that racism is being perpetuated Mm -hmm. by the slowness of those institutions to progress i think that the uh, the entire community over there is in such a condition that isn't kept up anyway you know the the city only cares about violence or whatever else that has been put in a struggle into people's lives but they don't I think sometimes when they think well what would we do with it mm-hmm. you know going back to when the I mean the county recognized it they don't know what they would do with it and I think looking at the part of town that it's in 
I don't think they would want to. Uh, they're not interested in it. No. Because it can't make them money and it can't exactly. progress whatever it is that they are yes. aiming for. Well, on that note, I think that um, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about what you think should be done about it. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Purple Mountain Pods presents your newest podcast obsession, Femme History, hosted by me, Alex Sharp. This feminist history podcast highlights women who have been ignored or altogether erased from our collective history. Women like Audre Lorde, black, lesbian, womanist, warrior poet who changed the face of activism, feminist theory, and the landscape of 20th century poetry in America. Listen as I tell the stories of these women to a special guest each week and perhaps learn a little something about the women who helped build our world, whether we learned about them in history class or not. Check out Femme History coming in January 2021. Listen wherever you find your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. This is Alex, and I'm here talking with Skylar Knox about racism after death and what that looks like. During the break, we were kind of discussing what we've already talked about, um, and we've heard of this like very real example, right, of what racism after death could, could be. And I think that one of the themes that comes up a lot and something that's really important to me as a librarian is access to information, right? So we, right before the break, we were talking about how, or it might have been about halfway through, we were talking about how um, record keeping is another form of institutional racism yes. that we don't really address very much. And something that we were talking about um, during the break was this particular tidbit that you found. Yes, a lot of abandoned cemeteries eventually had property or, or houses built around it. But when the owner of the land was ready to move, they would remove this, the surveying markers of the cemetery off of their property to make more money. Oh, so like removing gravestones. They were, they, they're uh, like surveying markers. I'm not sure if it, they, I mean, there is, I am positive people have probably moved those off. You oh, know? I'm sure they like, have. I mean, just. It would be so tempting to remove <clears throat> that if there's no record of there right, being a body you know, there. and then if they can move their line in, and then it goes also back to like, does it, who does it belong to? So right. they've sold this property, and the, it's, it's still masking the cemetery right it still keeps it un unavailable to see or understand because these registrations and these deeds these a lot of them are lacking that and that that formality of the situation it's mm -hmm. being hidden kind of in, you know in that very right there in your face but it's a puzzle you have to just pull all these pieces together from different from time periods and it's just so big yeah it's such a big project to try to restore and record these cemeteries must be nearly impossible and then you add the hurdle of it being completely overgrown and inaccessible in every way right it, it makes it really hard to keep those records and it starts almost uh an argument yeah Who's going to take care of it? It's a controversy. Well, the government, they are going to say they aren't, it's not their responsibility. These homeowners are, that do live there are going to be like, it's definitely not our responsibility. And sure. how could it be? Like, it, yeah. it, it's just. And is it their responsibility? I mean, and, really, there's a question there. And it's a, just a giant question mark. Yeah. You don't know who's there. Mark. You didn't know it was there. 
you don't know who does what with who and then it has the giant question mark of people even the government not knowing right and with this huge question mark we know what the problem is right we've seen we've talked and discussed about what all the issues are surrounding especially in this specific example the good citizen cemetery but also for african-american cemeteries all over the country so what are the solutions what are things that we can do both at the local good citizen cemetery level and what can we do even bigger like we know that this bill is up that could be passed if Marsha Blackburn would agree to it um and <laughs> you can tell she really riles me up um she ruffles my feathers yeah she <laughs> ruffles my feathers that's for sure um so talking about like other than this bill that could absolutely make such a difference when it comes to places like Good Citizen Cemetery. What can we do um, otherwise? At Eastport Cemetery's level, there is not very much you can do as a individual person be other than maybe tending to the, the weeds on the very front line. Right. Um, there's a gentleman who... This was from an article uh, a few years ago, and I haven't been able to personally track him down, so I don't want to just drop his name. Sure. But he had family that was buried there, and his aunt, until her 80s, would take care of this one little corner plot. And he is older now, and that plot, what's going to, who's going to take care of it? Sure. And it's like, here's our one chance to go ahead and like, Save one piece of it. Yes. Like, let's do something, like, and, and then expand. Yeah. With this is going to need massive support. And very fortunately, I, again, I w- I've been speaking with the SHA. Um, they are going to assist in getting the cemetery recording. So he can do that, and it makes it an official archaeological site. Awesome. Yes. So that's beginning and that kind of gives us a little bit more wiggle room to learn more about it. Yeah, absolutely. Some impetus, yes. like somebody is pushing something yes. forward yes. with this. Okay, so awesome. It's this is just the beginning. Sure. I have learned so much and it is just overwhelming yeah. and I've just I've wanted to just scream out it <laughs> yeah. just tell everybody but then it's also a thing that's death is so personal yes and people aren't really comfortable with it which no. is like t- I mean not in our culture no, right and and that is also because it's a community yeah. you're gonna have you, you have to work together but having the the baby steps and getting into it and having people look at it then gives us an opportunity to to find out really what needs to be done because yeah. sure you could maybe put up another plaque well, <laughs> but you know <clears throat> with historical preservation societies and things like that that make sites memorialized historical sites the way that they would for the mm-hmm. the church that's on the grounds of the right. cemetery Um, that has some protections that come with it. So it seems like trying to get it on track for like a historical preservation site, it it seems like that would be such a like step in the right direction to maybe starting to get it repaired and maintained or at least recognized. That's it. Awareness. This is 
just so much of the beginning. Right. Because when we first talked and I told you a little bit about it, it I mean, and you saw the videos I had sent you, it oh, baffling. It's insane. Yeah. I have, I have just, it's, you're angry. You're yeah. confused. Because it's we a very dignity in death. Like that is something that's important. It, this and or at least we find important in our culture is like there is supposed to be a certain dignity that is kept alive after we go, even if our families are not around to keep our graves like clean and right. safe. That right. somebody is there. Like right. we hope and expect that. So then when you put that extra layer of white privilege versus Holy being black or brown or whatever it's like oh my god this seems so crazy and it kind of reminds me of have you watched pose um no no okay so it's about the transgender like uh community in new york and it's, it talks a lot about the aids epidemic and how they would bury aids patients on this like island outside of new york city in like pine boxes oh and there god. was like this grave site set up that had little heart-shaped stones oh that God. had like all the gay people's names who had died and it was a place of reverence so it seems like that might be an option putting up some sort of memorial or something if there was research done to find as many names as you could find of mm -hmm. people buried in this cemetery and then put up a memorial does that seem like something that might be like well, an option how are you, it, one of the big problems is how are you going to build a memorial there Right. Because of the overgrowth, because of these massive sinkholes. Yeah, such a good point. Massive yeah. sinkholes. The slipping, there's an old well that has just slipped down. It oh, it's, wow. It was very concerning. And I, I just don't even know what you would do about that. Like, how do you stabilize land? I don't know anything and, about that. And that so. will be a, a, such an important part of being involved with a group and this being in the hands of someone who really has those resources and getting right. the people there that and the equipment you would yes, need. because yeah. unless you can look at the land you have no idea what you're going against right you can't just send it in and say okay flatten it you know and we'll yeah. we'll put up a, a statue you right. know right. if we need someone to tell us and be like the only way we can salvage this property is to create or build a memorial sure and honoring the people who are here and finding their story. And restoring as many graves as yes. you can, like allowing for it's at least some of them. It, it's just, it, it's all of us, most of us, I can't say all of us, we in death, we would wish it to be peaceful. Sure. And burial is often such a huge, important part of closure. Absolutely. I can't imagine having to go through that. Right. The the coping that you have made or, or progressed or accepted and then knowing that it is just another thing that disrespected these people. Sure. Another tick on the list. Right. And know. and I had never thought about racism after death. No, me neither. When and you when you like approached me with that idea, I had to ask Cody to like clarify. I was like, "What does that mean?" And he was like, "Well, there's this cemetery." And I was like, "Oh my god, never even thought about it. Never considered yes. it." In the in the privilege part of it, because 
I, again, the SHA, they have so many great web, like, resources on their website. It is. I've seen you use several. Oh, so man. It looks like it's, it's really incredible. Yeah. Yes, it's great. But with them, we learn a little bit more about the history and particularly abandoned um, African-American communities. As far as, like, with the laws, we know that it's the family's responsibility or the property owner's responsibility but then you also have uh, a black community or brown community or that have never they don't even own the land there right so I was wondering about that because it seems like that county owns it or who owned it before was it white neighborhoods or was it white landowners even if it was black tenants was it white landowners right we don't even know and that's a problem with the dating and this is why it's so important to get the awareness to get the people that we need to look at this who owns if you buy land that has a body buried in it do you own that body well and that well that was one of the situations is because landowners then moved the surveying markers which didn't look like it included the cemetery to make their property value higher when really it did. So then that's kind of a confusing point there yeah. is that gap, that bridge, like, and because of the community, it's, it, it's a still underprivileged community. Right. Like it is still lacking just the needs it needs right (laughs) right right like it just it's and I think that first if Knoxville just came in and be a leader yeah this is an opportunity for them this is a an opportunity for our country to change yeah you know, and not even our country, like our local regional area. Well, and that's what I was saying. Like it's baby steps. I, but those are huge steps. Right. Like when we see that kind of those kinds of decisions made by our local governments, it it fortifies us because sometimes our national politics can be so chaotic and so crazy, and we don't see things happening on a local level. We see things happening on a federal level, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's really nice to see our local government, the place where we right. live, mm-hmm. the space we choose to mm-hmm. occupy, making the decisions to protect like our fellow Black Americans and their dignity after they've died, like making those decisions that give us faith in them you know I think that that is such a huge step and so you are so right that this is such an opportunity for them to pair with somebody like the SHA who knows what they're doing right or just it's the resources we you know it's the resources and the the biggest thing is is we got to get the awareness out so we can and then we can look more deeper into it and find these missing links that are the true root of racism after death. Yeah. If you if you are if you're listening to this and you know that one of your family members has perhaps been buried um, in the Good Citizen Cemetery or the Eastport Cemetery cemetery, reach out to us. You can reach out to us at sparkinthevalley at gmail dot com. Um, and you can let us know if if you know anything about this cemetery. It seems like any information you could get would be like valued right because there's so little about it right and so it, if you know of that like it's just let broken us know. apart into all these different things like sure right. it's like you can find the deed if but then you can't find who owns it right or 
or or do you know if the lines that are drawn are actual lines or are there houses built on top of bodies like you know that's a valid question to have and you know there's and even if it's just protecting this small amount of the cemetery it seems like that is such a noble goal like you know somebody needs to do something about it because it's not just this one this is the one you chose this is the one that you happened upon that made all of this and inspired all of this but there's also others Mm -hmm. and there's probably some in other people's communities not just our own you know I mean I'm sure that that's the case right And and that was so important for me because this wasn't my accident I stumbled across. This was me being like, oh, my God, this is happening. I have to I have to use my resources. Yeah, absolutely. Like I have the resources or at least I can find the resources right. in order to, to spark and your something. privilege. Your yes, privilege helps so absolutely. much, too, because it just it pushes you along. You have right. to use that privilege. Listen, white people, we have privilege. Yes, <laughs> like, we do. And we have a responsibility. Yes, with that privilege comes responsibility. Yes. If you want an you equitable... You can't say, I'm not privileged. Yes, you right. are. It, it is, and that that is a part of it. It's part of use our societal to make code. it better. Yeah, exactly. We can use it if we choose to, which is yes. exactly what you're choosing to do. Yes. Uh, and I think that that's so important. And I'm so glad that someone like... The Society of Historical Archaeology Man, even that was exists. Awesome. How yeah, they awesome were, is that? They were telling me and forwarding me and just totally including you in this conversation. Just on board and telling me this is what we need to do. This is where you can learn more about this. Um, if you want me to get you in touch with whoever, it's a lot. And I have really big hopes. Yeah. But this starts with us, starts with Knoxville. Right. And it starts with us calling our local representatives and Marsha Blackburn. We need to tell them that we want the African-American Burial Grounds Network Bill to be passed. This is going to help protect and give guidance and be able to go in and find their identification and give it restoration. Yeah, this provides the resources that we're talking about that we need. So it's vitally important that you and go to your city council. Yes. Speak up. Okay. So Cody asked, how can we get in touch with uh, Marsha Blackburn? So we're actually going to give you the phone number for her Knoxville office. That's 865-540-3781. We could also call the representative for... um, the, in the House of Representatives um, is Tim Burchett for this this area that Eastport is in in Knoxville, um, and we're going to give you his phone number as well. And that's two zero two 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 four three one two one. So give them a call, or you can go to Marsha Blackburn's site and email her. Um, there's an email option from her website. Um, so you can just Google her and you should be able to contact her that way if you're more comfortable doing that. I can tell you as a person who's called her representatives quite a lot, um, <laughs> I was really, really pissed in 2016. So I yes. called a lot of representatives. Yes. <laughs> um, and so if it, it really is not hard. You talk to like a, like a receptionist. You just say, hey, I'm calling to say that I want uh, Marsha Blackburn to vote yes on passing this particular bill. It, they will write it down. They will make sure she sees it. It's um, w- and what that means is like a passing it is agreeing to co-sponsor the bill, so it kind of right. gets that recognition of that assistance. So say asking that they pass or advise request that they become co-sponsors, mm-hmm. that's 
all you really need to say. Even better. Awesome. Yes. So you can just let them know at their office and, um, and that's one of the best ways that we can help hopefully get this bill passed because it's the easiest and best way to get this done. We have to, Yeah. this is going to be one of the, we would have to have it. And again, um, Joe Joseph said, without his passage, there's no mechanism to provide such assistance. Right. So we have to pass it. Um, we we can do better, guys. Yeah. It's 2020. Yeah, I agree. And I am fortunate and I am lucky and I am proud to be able to deliver this information. Yes. And I'm so glad you have. Thank you so much for joining me today and bringing this really important story to the forefront. Yeah, I'm really looking forward. I know that this is going to get the attention and traction it needs and we can put all these missing links together and yeah put put these people to a peaceful rest and come on just yeah recognize just come on we can do better yeah we can recognize our responsibility we can face the skeletons in the closet (laughs) yeah and in the graveyard so thank you guys so much for joining us if you have any information about the cemetery or you just want to tell us what you think about this or how you think you might be able to help or volunteer um please email spark in the valley podcast at gmail.com and i really appreciate you all having me today and allowing me to use my voice i would also like to thank um my great sociology teacher. She has been super supportive from day one. I want to thank, of course, my best friend, Tiffany, who has the heart to go and bring this to surface. Absolutely. And I want to thank the connections I made really reaching out uh, with SHA and Joe and Robbie. Um, But yeah, thank you so much. If you guys want to learn more about how SHA works. It's SHA.org. You can find tons of uh, awesome resources. And I hope that you all share this story with other people and and spread it. Yes. Inspire. Come on. Yeah. We can do something really big and something that no one that is, it's so well-deserved. Yeah, I agree. Um, Again, there has been uh, some great work on these surrounding African-American cemeteries and volunteers have put their heart and soul into it. But with Eastport Cemetery, it is completely different. Yeah. And it can be brought there. Yes. And, but we need the help, (laughs) you know, that nothing is just an, it's, it's way larger than just a volunteer's hands. Yeah. So with all of your help, spread this message. And hopefully we'll get it out there and call our and representatives we'll change and call your representatives. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. We hope to hear from you soon. Bye. This special episode on racism after death has been produced by Purple Mountain Pods. Hosted by Skylar Knox and Alex Sharp. Produced by Cody Hensley and original music by Cody Hensley. Special thanks to Skylar Knox for doing so much wonderful research. Also to the Society of Historical Archaeology for all the resources they provided for this podcast.